Ladies and gents, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome back to the best podcast, the only great podcast. Brothers coming out of DMV, taking it one day at a time, the basement Friday. But of course, you already know it's that suave, suave city himself, <laughs> doing the most, keeping paid close. That soul brother, Funkadelic Jones. It's your boy Aaron Fornicetti, and will my headphones stay in my ears the whole episode? I guess we never know. Uh, this week is has so much going on. You know, we're going to get into our five-minute rants. Uh, first thing first, uh, sports. You know, uh, I don't know if you want to say I'll go ahead and say I want to give a, a condolences to Dak Prescott. Seen that injury. Oh man, that that injury was just not good. Broken ankle, like it, it it was just hard to watch. I just can't describe it. First and foremost, before we get into sports, because everybody know that's the old phone with Dallas expertise, Mister Producer, the <laughs> office though. The you, you, you see Stanley, Stanley working hard. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Producer, Mr. Producer, we go through this every week, Mr. Producer. Golly. Look. Aaron, anywho, I'm going to tell you like this. This is going to be a good, you know, this is a good week for me, simple fact, because my Raiders smashed Kansas City. Uh-oh. We beat Kansas City. Everybody Uh-oh. said we couldn't do it. The unthinkable has been done. Hey, look. So I'm talking trash, trash. Trash. Hey, look, both our teams won. We we just beat uh Washington. Y'all wasn't playing. Y'all didn't play Washington. Oh, that was the what was that? The Rams. That was the Rams. Yeah, it was like, Rams. I was about to say. I was like, hold on, chief. I was like, watching the wrong game. Yeah, I like I I ain't even look. I just went past the screen, and I just yeah, seen yeah. logos, and I was like, yeah, oh, I, I guess y'all we got playing. similar colors and all that. That's yeah. why. See, yeah. I didn't even watch the game. I, I just went past the screen, you know, flicking the channels. I was like, oh, we playing? Okay. But, but I, I'm just saying, if we were, you know. <laughs> everybody knows the Washington football team. Did did I did I just say the R word? Hey, hey look, I'm about to get canceled. Ooh, he said the word. I said the R word. I mean Washington football team. Ooh, he Excuse me. Aaron Fonda said he is over party. Let's let's get that trending. Not gonna let this down. It's okay. They still garbage anyway because the simple fact that they like one in four but still in second place. How right. is that even physically possible? But hey, what do I know? That's the worst conference in football history. All I know is my Raiders won. We on top. The boys black and silver. The Raiders. <laughs> Taking over Vegas. Exactly. Sin City. Even though I still am upset, I would rather them stay in Oakland. But it looked like they got some type of mojo because they can finally beat Kansas City. Hey, 
Sin City, here we go. <laughs> shake them up, shake them up, shake them up, shake them. <laughs> oh man. Nah, but let, let, let's go ahead and get to our first topic. And while we on topic, let's talk about team loyalty. Because this goes across all sports. You know, when your team losing, whether your team is up, whether your team is down, whether your team just, you know, just can't cut it. How are you going to stick to your team? Do you stick to your team? Do you ride it till the wheels fall off? I got to know because... My main question is, whoever was a fan of Golden State Warriors before they started blowing up, before the Splash Brothers, y'all really got some equity in y'all team because things wasn't look good going right. Next thing you know, y'all the hottest thing in the, in the NBA. Now, I'm glad we brought this up. Now, I'm glad we brought this up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we brought this up. You mostly only see this in basketball. You mostly see people jump ship in basketball a lot. Now, couple of teams, Golden State, the Lakers, and wherever the hell LeBron goes. <laughs> <laughs> With that being said, people, y'all got to understand this. Team hopping, you guys get exposed real quick, okay? Y'all get real – because, first of all, I never understood people that say, like, oh, I'm a LeBron fan. So basically, you're going to go everywhere LeBron going to go. You team hopping. I don't like one player enough to just go, and wherever he goes, I'm going to go. I don't like a player that much. All right? Growing up, my favorite player was Allen Iverson, but yet I'm a Dallas Mavericks fan. I'm not going to go everywhere Allen Iverson go. Oh, he went to the Denver Nuggets. Well, here we go. <laughs> to Denver. No. Hell no. All right. Just like just like what y'all did with LeBron. LeBron is the perfect example. Okay. LeBron was in Cleveland. I ain't seen none of y'all rocking Cleveland, a uh, Cleveland Cavaliers jersey. Nowhere. This man, like, you know how many people you caught doing that? Like they be in that zone, like, yeah, man, Cleveland, Cleveland, give me that zone. Oh, he going there. <clears throat> oh, let me get my voice right. <laughs> I'm going to take my challenge to South Beach. <laughs> <laughs> now, all of a sudden, look at everybody a Miami Heat fan. They go over talking about something. I've been a Heat fan. I'm going to tell you, like, this, is where I, this is where I get everybody when they come to the Miami Heat fans. I've been there, John, like, since you've been a Heat fan, when was the last time he's won a championship before LeBron got there? You know what a lot of them say? What? They ain't had no championship for LeBron get there. That's how I know you ain't a Heat fan. Go sit your stupid ass down somewhere. <laughs> right. Why? Because they won a championship before he got there. What you thought LeBron got? What you thought LeBron got D-Wade his first two rings? <laughs> no. D-Wade already had a championship before LeBron even got there. <laughs> so I don't want to hear this foolery. Then on top of that, you go to state fans. Oh, hold on. Oh, wait a minute. Wait, hold on. Let me hold. <laughs> Where are the Golden State fans at now? Nowhere to be goddamn. You know all the Golden State fans went to? The Wait. goddamn Lakers? <laughs> yeah. Everybody went to the Lakers. Yeah. Why? Because LeBron over there. It's funny how everybody a Los Angeles Lakers fan now. And you know what everybody's favorite excuse is? What's that? I've been a Lakers fan since Kobe was there. Nah. No, you wasn't. Nah. No, you wasn't. Nah. 
No, you wouldn't. You wouldn't even since Kobe was there. Don't put that lie. Because on that, on that man's Because the whole time we kept uh, the whole time we kept getting knocked out of uh championships and getting knocked out of playoffs. All these people weren't here. <laughs> All these people were not here. Like no way we found. We started getting a buzz when LeBron came over, you know. That's when we really started getting buzz. Then we had uh Anthony come over, Anthony Davis come over. And that's I'm gonna just I'm gonna just tell people like this, right? Team hopping, this is why this is why one I don't I don't I lost my respect for the NBA. That's number one. Outside of team hopping, because you already got LeBron, LeBron be team hop, like LeBron. Go I'm ahead. gonna go ahead and say it. I'm gonna go ahead and say it. And a lot of people probably hate me for saying it. I don't give a damn how many accolades, I don't care how many records LeBron break. I'm gonna go ahead and keep this all the way funky with you on my on this show here. On my show, on Aaron Fortnite show, I'm gonna <laughs> say it right here. LeBron will never be better than Jordan because, one, he's not better than Kobe. Yeah, I said it. You want to find me, you can add me in phone. Uh, it's always open. That's what I'm saying. So when you look at teams like Golden State, that's another one. It's funny how everybody was a Golden State Warriors fan. Now that Golden State is the laughing stock of the NBA, where is everybody? <laughs> crickets, crickets, crickets. Crickets. Nowhere to be goddamn found. Let me tell you like this. Being a Raiders fan, the last time we went to Super Bowl was in 2002. From 2003 to probably 2013, we was the laughing stock of the AFC. You know how many 2000, you know how many two, uh, two and 14, one and 15 seasons I had to sit through? You know how many three and 13, four and 12 seasons I had to sit through? But yet I'm in school talk, talking trash like we just won the Super Bowl. I talk more trash than anybody. Then your team get blown out. Hey, <laughs> Raider Nation out here. <laughs> you got to stick by your team through the hard times. All right? Granted, I don't like John Gruden. <laughs> he still ain't got the team together. You traded Khalil Mack. At this point, coach, Mr. Producer, hold on. Let me open my playbook. <laughs> hold on. <laughs> hold on, Mr. Producer. I'm going to have to let my man Aaron go because I'm going. I'm getting too fired up right now. Take it away, brother. Want to I gotta hey, put my headset on. I gotta get my coaching, my coaching bag now. Hey, look, my <laughs> two teams are the total polar opposite of each other when it comes to winning championships. You got the Lakers and you got the Los Angeles Chargers, both LA. And and quote before he continued, he was actually a San Diego Chargers fan. <laughs> I was. He was there. He was there during the two thousand. I, what like back in the day when they were San Diego, both our teams moved, you know, and we we talked about it. Both our teams went against each other, you know. Texas back and forth. Hey, bro, my team by the dog. Nah, nah, my team by the this dog. This is what this is what. Granted, me and Erin been friends for so long, but this is why me and Erin cannot get along in coming sports. I'm gonna tell you <laughs> like this: you want to pick the team that's in my division. During the 2000s, I had to watch the San Diego Chargers run over top of my Raiders. LT just ran over top of my Raiders. I'm saying, like, this dude is so good. Like, t- players like LT and players like Pat Mahomes, I can't respect because what teams they play on. They great. I'm sorry, though. My bad, Aaron. Your Chargers it, still suck. 
<laughs> okay, but but we got rid of Phil though. We got rid of Phil, so we 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 making improvements. Here's the thing, right? It was a seesaw when it came to Mr. Rivers. It was a seesaw effect. You didn't know whether you was going to win. You didn't know whether he's going to lose. But a lot of times you could predict when you was going to lose. And no disrespect to Mr. Rivers, whether he wants to go to Tampa or not. But I'm just saying that position been filled by Mr. Brady. And I'm just saying right now, we're fine by ourselves. All right. That's all I'm saying. We're making progress. We can rebuild. We can show LA that we are a winning team. We're turning around and making this a winning tradition. And with the years to come, we're going to prove that. A new start, new beginning. We're going to start that with the Chargers. Now, let me get to my Lakers. Lakers, right, back in 20, what was it, 2008, 09, the season, when we were the as popular, right, not, not talking about back when we had, you know, Kobe and Shaq. We're talking later on in the years. Back when we... Well, we had Dream Team. We had Kobe. We had Gasol. Dang, we had uh, Derek. Man, we had uh, so many, so many people. We were just winning championships back to back, you know. And then we went through a dry spell. Uh, Kyle was in a Kazuma came on the team, and that whole period later on, we we had a couple dry spells, you know. We 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 let the Golden State Warriors. You know, do their thing. It was a new team on the West Coast to shine. But for us, you know, as soon as LeBron came over, whoosh, here comes a wave of new fans. And where were y'all when we was in the gym? Where were y'all when we was winning all these championships and we had our dry spell? And now they looking at LeBron like, oh, he's the savior. But I'm going to tell you this right now. Lakers will rise again. Don't you say it, Mr. Bedusa. <laughs> King, Don't you say it, Mr. Producer. King of the I'm West. About my, I'm about to get in my bag. Don't you say it, Mr. Producer. King of the West. Now, here's my thing, right? Here, here's where here's where things get twisted. When you go to team loyalty, when you go to just greatest players of all time. Chauncey Phillips said it best. I remember when this article came out. Never forget. This man said Michael Jordan kept players from winning championships. LeBron helped players get championships. That already discredits that LeBron will never be better than Jordan. If you sat and watched the last dance, that already proves that LeBron will never be better than Jordan. I can, I want, look, I know a lot of people right now probably see me looking like, well, you sound real biased to Jordan. No. It's not that I'm real biased to Jordan. It's just a simple fact that since everybody want to put LeBron up against Mike, I'm, I'm the type of person I put it like this. If you strip away titles, you just look at the overall player. You talking about, like, there's so many things that count to making players greatest of all time. When there's literally two minutes left in the quarter, it's two minutes left, who are you going to get a ball to, Mike or LeBron? I sure as hell ain't taking LeBron in no clutch. <laughs> I'm sure as hell not because LeBron will going to do what? He's going to pass and if the other person misses, he's going to blame it on them just so he won't take the fall for it. No, Kobe and, Kobe and, and Jordan going to take that shot. They're going to take it. They don't care. But see, here's where like the team loyalty thing go into play. Right? Everybody so-called say, oh, they're a Lakers fan now. They was a Miami Heat fan. This is why I don't like the NBA. 
because it's too NBA is too sold for me. We're happy to the competition. I'm gonna tell you like this, and I'm and I'm gonna I'm gonna see what my man Aaron gonna say. This might sound crazy coming from me, but granted, I grew up in an era of basketball where everybody competed. Okay, everybody competed. That's what I'm gonna say. So all this buddy buddy team up. Hey, Aaron, man, you, you want to come over here? And let's build. Let's play two superstars on the same team. You want to come over here? <laughs> all that, all that is garbage to me personally. I'm gonna tell you like this, and this is why I told my man at the job. This is why I don't buy current player jerseys anymore. I, every NBA jersey I got, they're retired. Because at least I know, damn it, <laughs> they was on that one team. I'm so sick and tired of hearing everybody, seeing everybody flip-flop. You know what I'm saying? You got Paul George, like Kawhi Leonard, and he went out and recruited Paul George. That was a flop. You got you got LeBron damn near traded the whole team for one player. And he got a bunch of bum, he got a bunch of bums about to get them their first championship. Shout out to Dwight Howard, because Lord knows you've been in the league for a long damn time. This man been bouncing from team to team. You've been on you've been on about nine teams since you left Orlando, and you ain't been the same ever since. He's about to get him a championship. You got all these different players. Oh, Russ and James Harden, that was a flop. All these supposed to be great players are on the same team. This is what makes the NBA so soft. Because instead of you saying like good, it would never be a Will Chamberlain, Bill Russell kind of rivalry. It would never be a Bird and Magic Johnson kind of rivalry. Why? Because everybody's on the same damn team. That's why. So you got to, when you want to be loyal to your team, you got to be loyal to your team at the worst and when they're at their best. It's just that simple. Like my Raiders was garbage through the 2000s. We just starting to turn around. We ain't there yet. You want to give our coach 10 years, 100, 100 million? I'm expecting five Super Bowls. I'm not gonna give you. I'm not gonna give you a ten a ten year contract for you to only well, get two playoff appearances, one AFC championship, maybe one Super Bowl. That's not good enough for me. <laughs> That's not good enough for ten years. By the time the third year rolls around, you should be having everything in order. It shouldn't even be Kansas City on top of our division. It should be us speaking to exist. <laughs> it should be me. It should be us. That's called team loyalty. God damn it. If anybody knows team loyalty, it's the Washington football team. Y'all some loyal people. Back when they back when they were the R word, you know, they because the R word was tragic on the 2000. Hey, look, how many playoffs have they met just to get eliminated? How many times have they gotten so close but yet so far? How many times do they have to remind themselves that they pay Albert Haynes worth $100 million just to do nothing? You want to know who, you know who, who's loyal outside of the R word? The who? goddamn Cowboy fans. They Jesus are. Sir. Cowboy fans, win, lose, or draw, the Cowboy fans will let you know that they are America's team. I put it like this. If you're a Cowboys fan and you decide to up and leave and say, you know what? The Cowboys ain't doing so good. I'm going to go to the next team, the Houston Texans. You are banished from Cowboy, uh, from Cowboys Stadium forever. They remember faces. They remember names <laughs> and ticket holders. They remember they got your subscription package. They that jump. Yep. Mr. Tim Fisher, he's officially canceled. <laughs> <laughs> he, tried to come, he tried to come back to the Cowboys. They were like, oh, Mr. Fisher, <laughs> you traded on us. 
You ain't allowed over here. You go and get from around here now. <laughs> you go on and get. Especially when it comes to hot heated rivalries and you got people uh, playing on Thanksgiving and then you got the R word, which uh, Washington football team and the Cowboys, you know, they do their yearly dance every year. So I want to see how that goes now, especially with the name change. So it's not going to be the same as no. far. No, go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. As far as like team loyalty, you just have to stick to your team through thick and thin. You don't want to be known as the person who bounces from team to team. Don't be a Dwight Howard, even though he's going to get his championship ring. And we were one point, but that's okay. Don't be a Dwight Howard. Two things, two questions. Well, I got one question I want to ask, but I got two things. First of all, watching football team and the Cowboys do play on Thanksgiving this year. That's going to be intense. Second of all, now, as far as, like, up-and-coming up uh, NBA players, because it's not really football. It's really not football. You don't see it too much in football. You mostly see it in basketball. So let's take let's take the, all these, these college kids, all these, you know, all these college kids, all these high school kids that's about to, you know, either go pro, go college, whatever the case may be. How do you think this team-hopping thing affects the, the next generation of ballers? How do you think this affects? Like how, what what, exact, what what message do that send to the next generation of hoopers coming up coming up ready to play? What kind of message does that send? Uh, basically one sentence: anything to get to a ring, and by any means necessary. That's the message it sends to them. Uh, which even whichever team is winning, uh, that's where you go get your ring. I mean, look at what happened to uh the uh, go to state warriors, you know, when they were winning and then, then they went, uh, what was it? 2015 and 2016, they was winning. And then uh, who went to the team? I can't, I'm drawing a blank. Yeah. I, I was drawing a blank, but he went to the team and lo and behold, he got a ring. Two of them. Kevin Durant, you know, two of them. Now, now, some players, you look at players like a LeBron, a KD, they just knew at their peak that they weren't going to like – you look at LeBron from the time he came to the league, his first run in Cleveland, he knew he wasn't going to get no championship with that team. He just knew right then and there. But let me ask you, let me ask you this. If you was a professional athlete, right, you was a professional athlete, how important is it for you to win a championship? And before you answer, would you like if you had retired? Let's say you, let's say you are like a, a Dan Marino, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, but just never won a championship. You like John Stockton, one of the greatest point guards, just never won a championship. Would you be satisfied, or you would be like Charles Barkley? It's a, it's a number of greats that don't got championship rings, but. Would you be satisfied? Like, do championships matter? And would you be satisfied if you retire, you know, one of the all-time greats, but the only thing that's tacking on your career is just like, Aaron never got, he never made, never won the big game. How would that, how would that affect you personally? I think from a retired standpoint, from 
being a player, I think in my younger days, especially when you want to go out there, you want to win a championship. You want to win that Super Bowl. You want to win that uh, championship or whatever sports you're in. But being that you never won that championship, as you get older, you, you start to care less. You're like, hey, you know, as long as I remember for being a great player, because a lot of people could win championships but are forgotten. So I think in your mind, once you get older, you start to think, okay, what's more worthy, you know, being a champion of the people or being a champion? And I know a lot of people, for me, if I were a tired person, I would say both. But if I'm a person who is a champion among the people, that's something you really can't take away. You know, that's something that can't be beat. So being a champion person, you could even tie this to music. You know, there are a lot of great people, great artists who never won a Grammy. So if you go down as one of the greatest of all time, you just don't have that uh, championship. The people aren't going to think about the championship. They're going to think about how great you are. So at the end of the day, that's all it is. So my question now is when like whether you, like like you said you could throw music in as well, whether it's sports, whether it's music, you know, that because again that Grammy is basically considered like a, a championship in some in the music world. Yeah. But let's let's say if you don't win that championship, would it would it be that thought in the back of your mind was like at some point in my career, I should have made that jump and chased that championship. I think would that thought th- ever come in the back of your mind at some point in your career would it say, you know what? I should I should have chased I should have chased that championship. If if I had the opportunity, I, I would have that thought in the back of my head. I wouldn't lie about that. But uh if I didn't have the opportunity, you know, if it never arise, then I'm only as, you know, I'm only as uh, great as my team at the end of the day. It takes a team effort to win championships. It's not just me. So that that plays into team loyalty. You know, I don't want to be that person who got from team to team. So I want to I wanna be that person who became great, loyal to the team, and stuck out and still became one of the best out there. It's going to be in the back of my mind, but I'm retired. You know, if I go in the Hall of Fame, that's going to be, you know, my shining moment right there. I can respect that. I can dig it. I can dig it. That's that. That's 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 it. You know, you go in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> you, I, I can win a million championships. I can win one. I can win none. If I get that Hall of Fame ring, yeah, I made it. That's I mean, I, I can look, and I can look at myself too. You know, because I do have that comp- uh, that competitive spirit. Where it's more just like, yeah, you want the opportunity to chase a championship ring, but I want to do it with the team that I got or the team yeah. that I'm with. Like, I don't want to say, like, all right, you guys suck. I'm gone. I'm going to go chase a championship ring because to me, when, like, when it, like, when you, when, when it's all said and done, yeah, you, you looking at that, at that championship ring, but you saying it, I know it's in the back of your mind, just be like, Man, I went out a champion. It's and somewhere in the back of your mind, you just sit back and just be like, nah. You be like, it's like I I, I won this, but I didn't really earn because you look at LeBron, right? LeBron supposed to be a great you joined, he joined a super team, got two chips, 
and then went back to Cleveland and just like, okay, Cleveland, I got you a ring. Everybody looking at it's like it's not that special anymore. Like you left and went, and, you left and went and got championships without us, and then you came back and we just basically sloppy seconds. Yeah. So I'm with you, like me personally. If I if I retire as like a people champion, like he won an all time race, he just never went to, he never got the championship. Honestly, retired, I'll be cool with it. Like I will be, you can put me in the same boat as. Dan Marino, John Stockton, Carl Malone, Allen Iverson. Uh, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot of other people. It's a lot of, like the Randy Mosses, all them different people that don't got championships, like the Barry Sanders of the world, that don't got championships. But again, everybody's going to remember you as time go on. So I'm, I'm cool with that. Now, if you get six championships and all that stuff, more power to you. But for you to not want a chip, and, and I don't know why people validate was like, well, he never got a chip. Well, they never got a chip. Ch- I tell you, championships matter, but championships don't really validate your career. Right. It don't de- doesn't define you. That's what I'm saying, man. But I know we got to move on from that. You know, sports talk get a little heavy. Yeah. Out, you know, it get a little deep and around here. So I had to move on from that. All right, so we're going to move on to our next topic, and we're going to talk about childhood fears. Uh, not just losing, not just having a fear of your team losing. I mean, things that went on in your childhood. Maybe you were scared of the dark. Maybe you were scared of heights, bugs, whatever, clowns, what may. So I want to ask you, what is something that you were scared of as a child? An ass woman. Hey, look, that's the <laughs> blackest answer ever. An ass woman. That's the blackest answer ever. I put, you... I put it like this: I was scared. I was scared of norm of normal kid stuff, like an like an ass whooping, getting a bad grade in school, like stuff like that scared me. Like, I like still to this day, I'm 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 still afraid of heights. I can't swim, so I'm scared of like I want to go skydiving, but at the same time, I'm a little nervous about that. And again, I'm be nervous if I drown because when I can't swim, but. Normal stuff like getting a bad grade in school or your GPA dropping at a certain point. I'm scared of shit like that. I'm so, excuse my language, but I'm scared of stuff like that. <laughs> I'm scared of stuff like that, though. That's what I'm scared of because, you know, when go, like going, being in school or, you know, just growing up and going to school, public school, you know, the hood public schools at that. We used to see we used to see kids praise talking about some yeah man I got a D in her class I'm good out here you I'm sitting there looking like excuse me what <laughs> man if I bring a D home my mom will whoop my ass <laughs> like kids used to you like kids used to be celebrating because they got like a 1.8 GPA I mean that joke man if I bring this home I said man I might not even make it to the mall. Hey, look, man, that's 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 real. Like, I want to ask you a question when it came to grades. Ahead, Did you me. ever alter your grades? No. No. Oh, oh we no. I, I I lied to you not. Uh back in the day, right? Because you know, we're old and stuff. So what happened is before these electronic grades where they just print them out, we used to get written grades where the teacher write out what it is. So for me, I remember one time I got a D. I got a D and I was just like, I can't go home. Like Damo, I can't go home. You know, 
I'm just looking at this right now and I'm just like, I just can't let my mother see this. So what we got to do right here is we got to fix this. We got to adjust this. I can't let her see this. So I'm looking at this and I grab a red, uh, what was it, red for the bad grades and then yeah. everything else will probably be blue or black. So I had to yeah. grab a red uh -huh. pen. So I had to grab a red pen and I just added a plus. I was like, it's a D. Let me just add a plus. <laughs> I, I, I just added a plus. I showed my mom. She was like, all right, it's not that bad, but it's a D. I was like, yes. <laughs> yes. Oh man. You know what's crazy though? I had them type, I had them type parents that like you would get a B in the class and y'all like, I don't know how kids report cards like nowadays, but y'all remember the comment section of a report? Oh cards? yeah. Like you can have a whole B in the class. My parents look right past that, go right to the comments. Mm. Has to do better right right in penmanship. Sir funkiness wasn't too funky today. You can be like, I got a B though. Right. How am I gonna trouble more B? I mean, like help help me. Help, help me understand. Me. <laughs> help me understand, please. <laughs> I'm over there like, I'm like, yes, I got a B. They going there like, mm, could have do better. Listen, you need to be paying attention in class because your penmanship, you sitting there like, what is a B though? Right. What is a B? Like, what? And it's one of the things to where like you get like A's, B's and stuff like that. Let you get like one D or one C. That's all they care about. That's all, That's they, all they want to focus on. That's all they want to focus on. What was you doing? Um, do you not see the rest of the grades? I mean, hello, I'm great. Look at me. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you guys this. This might sound crazy, so don't quote me. Don't say, oh, 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 Funky, what you mean? What you, don't quote me. Uh, one thing, cause my like I said, school was basically my fear of a lot of things. Like, cause you know, I'm I'm afraid of dogs and you know, all common stuff. Like people say dogs don't don't bite. My ass is gone. My black ass is gone. I don't get <laughs> I don't get damn. I don't give a damn, but here's one thing about, about school that really scared me the most. I was I was always scared to make a 4.0. I know a lot of people probably should be looking like, what? Let me right. tell you why. Why let me tell you why I was scared to make a 4.0. Cause anything less than a 4.0 after that basically means you failing. <laughs> oh, you had to keep it up. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. So if you yeah. get a 4.0. And then let's say next quarter your job drop to like a 3.8. Oh, they're gonna look at you like you're crazy. They're gonna be that job like, what's going on? You slipping in school. You be like, I mean, it's just one B. It's like it's two B. No, you're slipping. That's why I was always afraid to make a 4.0. Because once you get a 4.0, you have to keep it. And I'm not talking about, okay, you just got a 4.0 in the sixth grade, and that was it. No, from sixth grade on up. A 4.0 is expectations. That's a lot of pressure. For a young kid, that's a lot of pressure. <laughs> look, look, when it when it came to grades, you know, I, I did okay. Most of my teachers, like, I didn't, I'm going to be real honest, I didn't get grades because I was, uh, you know, anything special. Like, I got grades because I did what it take to get grades. I get grades because I, I just do my work in class, but also I was cool with a lot of teachers because they was like, all right, I could see he trying. I can see you doing his best. Let me go ahead and curve this grave. But that's that's how I did it. You know, I wouldn't know about the 4.0, 3.0 life 
when it came to high school and above, I'm a 2.6 kid, you know, 2.6 GPA. I, I, I didn't excel overall. I just did good at what I liked. Like any class I was good at, any class I liked, I always got A's and B's in it. So like grades wasn't a fear for me uh, personally. I know, you know, in elementary school, when you get them grades, like sir funkiness, when you get them grades, that, that ain't good. You know, you get sun taken away, whether it's your video games, you can't watch TV, uh, you can't go outside. <laughs> your Christmas present get yanked right back, taken back to the store. My, your mother, your parent going to get that refund on it. it. Ain't been 30 days, 60 days or 90 days. They 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 going to lay that on the law. But I know for me, when it comes to fears, uh, I had a common fear when I was a kid. I was scared of the dark. Like, I was a nightlight kid, you know. I I mean, I was. Like, I think it's because I would watch scary movies. I, I, I would self-sabotage myself because I wouldn't be scared of the dark any other reason. But after a scary movie, I'm like, all right, I can't go to sleep in the dark because either my grandmother's house or uh, my house, uh, my uh, old house that I used to live in, like, when I was a wee little lad, the stairs, you know how you like, you look at some stairs and you mm -hmm. could see it from the room. Like you could see where someone comes up. So kids' imaginations used to run wild. Like you don't want to have an overactive Im uh, imagination at that moment because you just start pitching uh, whoever you was watching, Jason, Freddy Krueger just coming up the stairs after you. And I was like, hey, look, I don't need none of this, man. <laughs> so that I'm not even really uh, scared of heights when I was a kid because I used to jump off stuff. But like, I'm scared of height within reason, like unnecessarily high, you know, like if it's a height that I can fall from and survive, then I'm I'm good with it. But if I'm going going too high, I can't do it. If I go too high with a parachute, then I'm good. All I can say is I'm safe. Safe to say for me, like when it was all, when the smoke was clear, it was all said and done. Yeah, I tried the college thing and didn't work, so don't judge me, guys. But safe to say my first couple of years in high school was cool. But for me to just end high school with a 3.1, I said, hey, I must have done something right. That's, that's all that matters. I was doing something right, but I want I want to ask you: When did you get over uh, your fears? If you did, uh, what? any any fear you had, uh, grades? Uh, I'll probably say I would honestly say probably. I want to say probably. Actually, probably when I was getting out of high school. I was, I was, cause at that point, at that point, graduation, graduating from high school felt like, it felt like, it felt like retirement for me. Cause again, it feels like, I know I always mention retirement. I know a lot of people say, hey, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, but because when you look at certain, when you look at certain things in life, right? Like high school, like going to high school is like, like my friend, not even going to high school, just from kindergarten to 12th grade. It feel like, you know, you've been, you've been, You've been in school for 12 years. When you finally reach that graduation, it's like it's time to retire. It's time to say, you know what? It's time to hang it up. That way I look back now at it 
where I, I look back now, I can say, you know what? It's finally over. You know, like my first, like my first year, my first year in like trade school, I ain't gonna lie, I was doing terrible. But some stuff I was failing at, I couldn't even be mad at it at the time. Like I was legit just like, I was like, well, it is what it is. That's like you just gotta look at it. Like, it is what it is, man. Like I gave it my all fail. Hell, it is it, it is what it is. That's why now I guess. I guess now when you look at it, especially being an adult, if you never, if you, and this is why I always say to like kids, shelter kids, like privileged kids, you know, suburban kids and so on and so forth. If you've never failed at nothing in life, failure hurts them the most. See, cause when you, when you, when you a kid that had so much freedom, when you had a kid, when you were a kid that went to public school that was at the bottom of, at the bottom of the borough, expired milk, uh, chicken patties and, and frozen pieces for lunch every day. You know what I'm saying? Outdated textbooks. You was all <laughs> expired bread. You know what I'm saying? Like you know what I'm saying? You stuff flying on the wall. You don't know. You don't know if it's like a like a beetle or a flying roach. You don't know what the hell it is. Should we? You know have what I mean? You know what I mean? Like you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Times we've been in school. You open your locker, roach be sitting right there on your book. You be like, I just. All right, let me get my book. <laughs> you mean that? Like, all right, cool. Let me. <laughs> you try to wipe it. <sighs> like, when you when you grow up when you grow up in those kind of settings, like they're already setting you up to fail. I don't know how Earn feel because I can't speak for him. I can speak for myself. The high school that we went to, they was already setting us up to fail. Because we basically went to a school where it wasn't nothing about education. That joint was about straight survival. <laughs> that joint was pure survival at the end of the day. And like teachers didn't even teach in our school. They hit, they hit us with the same line. I got my education. <laughs> I got my education. That was their favorite line. So they basically said, if you succeed, cool. If you fail, that's on you. That's what we learned. That's what you learned. Like high school legit was breaking the fears already as as kids. Right. And that's why I say now as an adult, and, and this is why I always fear with like privileged kids and suburban kids and, and entitled kids. You're like you used you're used to someone holding your hand. You're not used to failure. You're not used to pressure. You're not used to if something go wrong, you know, like no, you used to if something go wrong, I can just fix this. No. We're you like soon as we got the soon as we got the graduation, are right, y'all gone? Get out here, free work. <laughs> <laughs> if you make it, cool. If you don't, that's on you. That's on you. And that's where like a lot of that fear breaks. Cause now you gotta sit there and think like it's really sink or swim. That's where that whole model comes with sink or swim. Because it, it's like you. You 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 look at like 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 how like how many how many popular how many popular people did we know in high school? Aaron? A lot. I can tell you, like you ask answer this question for me with a straight face. We're all them popular people that was in high school. I honestly don't know. <laughs> Thank you. Exactly. Exactly, because why they were so stuck on the pedestal that everybody knew them in high school. You in the real world now. Don't nobody give a damn about your popularity status. 
but yet you got the, but yet you had those nerds, you had those those underground people, you had people like ourselves who were we were semi cool, but we, we were still we was borderline down here somewhere. You got people like us that's just like while we going up, them popular kids, they just like and eh, eh. they're like, well, I was popular in high school, but now what do I do? Funny how the world changes, ladies and gents. But what, what what's funny about what you said was that it was clicks in high school, and when we went to college, you know, everybody started hanging with each other, and it was it it was kind of you know new. It was weird because like okay, this person, me and this person never talk. Now we're talking a lot, so it's just like okay, Bruh. I'm glad you brought that up. I'm gonna let you keep going, but I'm glad you brought that up. No, uh, that's that's basically. What I was saying is just, okay, so what made you start talking to me now? Like, was it because we were out of high school, because you didn't know anybody? Uh, What was the factor and you decided, okay, I didn't really talk to the person in school. Let me go talk to this person now because I don't know them, but they're a familiar face. Like, I used to see them around. So they're probably not that bad. See, what, and I'm glad he brought it up as far as, like, people that, People that in high school that was at the top of the mountain failing because when I got my first job, mind you, when we graduated in 2011, from 2011 to 2013, I was in a trade school just miserably not progressing. I'm just keeping real with y'all. I ain't no shame in my game out here. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a security vet at this point. I'm ready to retire from that too. But, <laughs> but when I got my first job, this is why. This is how you know. This is how you know that that comes around. Because when I when I got my first security gig, the person that I was partner up with was the most popular girl in high school. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, you wouldn't talk to me a day. You wouldn't give me the time of day in school. But now that we partners, we gotta work together. It's funny how the world goes around. And it's funny how they were there from the time they graduated. They was there for six years. It, it took an incident for them to get, to get them out of there. It, it took an incident to get them out of there. Me, personally, it literally took me to skyrocket past them. Because I was on, like I said, I was on there from 2014. Like, from 2014 is when my, my security career took off. To 2017. Yeah, I got a lot of experience in between that. But while they were still there, because they were comfortable, I was already gone. Simple as that. Single swim. Y'all know how that, (laughs) hey, it's a a doggy dog world out here, man. (laughs) That's true. You you definitely got a single swim out here. So what we're going to do is we're going to move into our next topic. And we're going to talk about gambling, you know, risking the stakes in life. Uh, whatever you bet on sports, like we were talking about earlier, you know, people bet on that. I don't know if you bet on Dak Prescott because yikes. But I want to get your experience. Have you ever gambled? What's your gambling experience? Know when to hold them, know when to fold them. Uh, yeah, I've gambled. Okay. I've gambled. <laughs> <laughs> Trust and believe I've gambled. 
You want to know how I, I, I gamble legally? That's crazy. Why? Because when you invest in stocks, that's a gamble. <laughs> that's a gamble every day. I didn't watch my money go up. I watched my money go down. Sometimes you got to, you know how when you gamble, you got to be like, do I, do I throw more in or do I just fold and just take what I got? I've been in that predicament so many times and yet I've won some and I definitely lost some. Because like, let's say, let's say the stock market crashed for like two weeks. My, my ass is get, my ass get the panicking mode already. I'm sitting there just like, I'm losing a lot of money. I'm in there like, yep, oh, I got to make that decision. I got to pull the trigger. I end up taking my money out. Then a couple of weeks later, the money go right back up. I mean, that don't hurt like crazy. You look at during the pandemic, during the stock market, while the whole market was going down, my, my ass was still, my ass was still throwing money in. So yeah, while I make, while I'm, while I'm giving them money, I'm losing about 40, 40, 50, $60 a day. That's how bad the market was. I, so like, you were dollar cost averaging. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'll be like, oh, I'm going to give $100 of this stock. That junk dropping. The market sold some flash. Next day, that junk and dropped. I'll be like, I'll be like, God. I'll be like, God, Lee. Because when you do fidelity, ladies and gents, they let you invest about a dollar rather than you buying the whole shit. So that's why I used to just put like, I'll put like $100 in and keep it moving or something like that. But yeah, I used to watch a lot of money coming and watch, watch a lot of money go. But people don't understand that, like, yes, Investing is a risk. It is a gamble. Like if you know what you're doing, you're gonna pay off. If you don't, you're gonna watch you're gonna watch a lot of money lose. Now, great, I don't invest, I don't, I don't bet on sports. I don't bet on sports, I don't do a lot of fantasy drafts and all that. I don't draft king, I don't do all that stuff. <laughs> I don't do all that stuff. Like I like sports. I don't sports ain't that deep to me. It's not that serious. For me to be like, all right, here's what I'm gonna do, Aaron. Check this out. For the, for the Raiders and get, give me the Raiders winning by 20 points. And, and, and like, you got to understand, you got to cover all bets. So they got to win the game and they got to win by 20. So if they win the game, but they only beat them by three, you still lost the bet. See how complicated that is, America? <laughs> you see how that is? Problem solved. That's why sports, like sports, I don't, I don't, I don't invest, I don't bet on sports. But that's just me though. Stock market wise, yeah, that's some stuff that I bet on. I didn't want some. I definitely lost some too. I know my experience with uh, betting. Uh, I, I haven't really bet. You know, I made empty bets, but that's about it. Nothing had to do with money. No empty bets. But we're talking about gambling. Uh, I want to say uh, I went to the MGM. I believe it was twenty seventeen. Uh, March 2017, went to the MGM, watched uh, the crew, you know, gamble money and they lost their money. Some of them won something. I don't know. I was just watching and I decided I was going to go to the same thing. Right. I was going to go to the same slot as one of my friends. And I looked at it. And for me, I for some reason, I only had two dollar bills. I don't know why. I only had two dollar bills. So I asked one of my friends for a dollar. So he put in machine, I was going, and then I want some extra uh, slots. So I was like, all right, cool, we doing this thing. So I did this and then my friend on the last one, he pulled it and we put in a dollar and end up winning 121. 
So I won $121. I still have the picture of uh, that win. And that was the first time I made like a casino gamble. So I was like, okay, we doing good. We popping bottles out here. And I split it with him because I was like, all right, I split it with him because you gave me a dollar and you did the last pull. So it's only fair. See, now, gambling, though, ladies and gents, you know, it's definitely, definitely a bad, like, if you got addiction, a gambling addiction, and people think, people think, like, people think only gambling is, like, slots. No, because when I'm at the job, I see the same dude every, he pulls up every single day. This man, oh, this man tells me the amount of money that he gambles playing the lottery. People don't know. Oh, let's talk about that. The numbers. That's a big thing. Is a gamble. That's a big thing. I watch my parents. I watch my parents put in two, three hundred dollars a month. Oh, it was every two weeks playing the lottery. Like the lottery is a gamble. Like you putting in, you putting in two hundred. You putting in twenty dollars a day to play like ten numbers just so you can hit. You might not even hit nothing. So if they go twenty dollars, that that adds up. You know what I mean? Like I watch my like I watch the dude every day. He'll be like he'll walk back and forth past and he'll be like, Yeah, I just put in a hundred, but I lost he'll be like, I just put in four hundred and I lost four hundred. I'm like, you legit in here betting four hundred dollars on the lottery on horse racing in the end? Come on, bro. And he do that every single day. At Monday through Friday, I'm there five days a week. I see this man five days a week playing, playing dropping bangs. He be like, well, got to go to the ATM. I got to get some more money. I be like, God damn. I be like, damn. I want to so, ask you, ask you this question. Okay, so do you think that, uh, do you, what, what do you think it becomes an addiction when it comes to gambling? Like when they do it here and there, when it's like impulsive? When it depends on how much how much you do it and how much money you put into it. Yeah. That's my that's my answer. So if you're doing it four four times a week and you're putting in like 75 to a hundred dollars, you need to slow down. Like I can see if you do it like once a week, you put in like 25. It's 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 like you you do it, but it's not an addiction. Cause my thing is uh, my thing is too is if you can go weeks without doing it, that's how you know it's not an addiction. So if you miss a week, you be like, you like, damn, I need to put my numbers in. Oh well, and you go about your day, that's how you know it's not an addiction. But if you if you race into the liquor store at twelve o'clock, at five o'clock, the midday numbers, whatever. If you race into the store to put these numbers in, and you dropping bread on them, you got an addiction. You got a gambling addiction. It's just simple as that. Like people think like casino is the only way of gambling. That's that's not the only way of gambling. You know what I mean? Like like this like stock market, that's legal gambling. The lottery is legal gambling. I mean, I'm just keeping it real with you. But it's just all it's all about how many times you do it and definitely how much money you put into it. I think I want to say this. Uh I think it's interesting. Uh when it comes to perspective. So what I mean by that is how you were talk about how people putting like 400 and 300, 200 in it. Mm-hmm. And I've known people personally who put over the years, we're talking about years worth of money. So it's gotta be at least 5,000 plus, right? Yeah. We talk about, and if they win 2,000 
at one time, you're still at a loss, you know, you, you're still at a loss, you're still down. So that's not really a win, but it will be more beneficial, at least to me, in my opinion, uh, it just goes with what they know and not really knowing the stock market and all that money they put in there. Had they known, you know, more about the stock market and had they been a little bit savvier, uh, they could have seen a return, you know, they could have seen a return on whatever they invested in for sure, because this is years, you know, this is like early 2000s. They've been gambling since eighties, nineties, all these years have gone by where, if you can pull up a chart and just pull up something random, I don't know, Tesla, pull up something random, all that money you put in there, you could have dollar cost average, you know, and you could have made more than you lost. So I just think, you know, it's so crazy how it's, it's so crazy how people could just throw money, you know, and when we talk about the MGM grand, people were losing and still throwing money throwing money, throwing money. And I'm just like, yeah, I need you to step away from the table. <laughs> Hell yeah. Isn't it? Like, that's how you know. That right there is how you know. Like, you, if you losing two, three hundred dollars and yet you still going, that's how you know you got, that's how you know you got a gambling problem. Like, the you in the just slides, just like, yeah, yeah. They were like, I'm like, I'm like, you, hey, how you doing over here? Man, I already, I'm already up, I'm already down 150, but I'm still going. I'm like, you load 150 and you still going? The Powerball, like when it gets to the millions and you see as the number still climbs, right? It goes to like a couple million, uh, 10 million sign. When it gets to the hundred millions and a couple of years ago, the Powerball was something crazy. It was touching a billion dollars. So people were just pouring money. And I remember walking past the store and hearing people, oh, do you hear the numbers? Oh, it's about this amount of money and then it just goes up day by day and people's like oh man i just put like 500 700 in it. and i was like whoa whoa 700 yeah just to win them just to be a billionaire they putting seven eight hundred dollars in that jump and it's just crazy how it goes to you 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 know the saying where it's like you can do what you want where it's like people get what they really want you know mm -hmm. like if they really wanted to do something they can get it just like how people can find four hundred dollars to put into the powerball uh whatever else name they got powerball kino uh wh whatever else name they got lucky seven but people you know usually outside that's like oh I'm short this. I don't know how I'm going to get it. The same way you know how to get them uh, numbers, uh, you know how to get the money playing for the numbers. It's, I, I personally don't get it. I have never done it. You know, I just don't get it. The odds are not in your favor. <laughs> I personally don't understand. And see, for me, like, as far as, as far as like gambling is concerned, I kind of, I'm kind of more now on the conservative side. Like, you know, I, I put I put aside uh, Fidelity and all them, them big investors. I'm I'm just with Acorn right now, right? Acorn should spare change. All I do is get Acorn five dollars and I let them do the rest. So I don't even bother my Acorn account. I'm just watching that don't grow as time goes on. You know what I mean? So stuff like that to me, that's more on a conservative gamble because it's like I know what I put in. I'm not ever losing. I'm just always going to gain. 
So, you know, stuff like that, it's just, it's just, but as far as gambling, it's like, for me, money, money is a, a, money is a different beast for me. So I can't, I can't pour five, six hundred dollars into something. Yeah. You know, I can't, I can't do it because if there's no return on investment, I'm be looking like, why am I putting this, this amount of money in this? Like, why am I dumping this amount of money in this? Like, real talk. That's just me personally, though. I'd say uh, the difference between gambling and uh, cal- uh, calculus risk. Uh, the difference between gambling and calculus risk is like calculus risk is like stocks and bonds and stuff like that, where you have an idea of what's going to happen. You know, you did some analysis and you hope your analysis go in your favor or it cannot go in your favor. That's calculus risk. Like you did the numbers to determine what kind of outcome it may have. But gambling is like some people get the numbers wrong too doing that too. So. Like gambling is just when you just don't know. Like, st- like it goes a lot to when it comes to the numbers. Like, you you really don't know. <laughs> you really don't know. You just like scroll it. Just right. two hundred. You're putting random numbers on a paper. You really don't know. Like people are like, oh, I'm gonna put my birthday, my son's birthday, uh, the day it was when I got my first car. Like, come on, bro. Like, it's superstition. You just hope it goes in your favor. Right. That's gambling. You really don't know. Like it, I I, I say it like this, calculus risk. Uh, I'll put it like this. If your team has won nine out of the t- last 10 games, right? And they have their 10th game. What are the odds you're going to bet a thousand dollars they win that 10th game? I'm not betting, right? <laughs> it's sports, I'm not betting. Like, most people will be like, okay, I'm gonna just bet this because they have a good track record of uh winning, they have a really solid track record bit of winning. Uh, somebody else might say, you know what, this may be the game that doesn't win, but when it comes to like gambling, people will be like, oh, I don't even watch the team. I just heard they win. Like somebody could have told you they win and they could be straight losers. You don't know anything. <laughs> nah, you gotta do you gotta do your research, man. See, that's that's why the same thing with like fantasy leagues and DraftKings and all that stuff. Yeah, I, I never got if you don't that. do your research, if you just picking them because well, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get Pat Mahomes, uh Alvin Kamara, Michael Tom. If you just get all the best players and then you're thinking like I'm about to make some money, then he get hurt. He have a bad game. He has a terrible season. You ain't making enough. You just going by like, but they're the best players in the league. Right. Oh, so, what they got to do with anything? Anything can happen. So do your research before you start dumping some money in something. Though. Exactly. Do your do, do, do due diligence, man. Do do do. Allah, do your due diligence. I would say that I'm getting tongue tied. But you got any final words for the people before we get up out of here? Man. Final words. I'm going to just say it like this. Always pray for a better life. Always another day, another blessing. Always earning life lessons because, like I said, don't like do not do it for the money. The money going to come chase the opportunity because the opportunity is what's going to make what's going to make that better path for you. And, you know, at, and at the end of the day, with the situation that's I'm up against right now. I'm kind of looking at. I'm just how I'm kind of looking at it. But that's always my philosophy, and that's I'm. I'm gonna leave y'all with that though. A lot of projects in the work though coming for me though. So y'all need to stay tuned to that as well. 
Uh, all I'm basically saying to you people is, I just say you people, our family, our what basement Friday mean, people. people. <laughs> what do you mean, you people? What do you mean, you people? All I'm going to say to the audience is, you know, life, all this gambling talk, life is the biggest gamble. And the best bet you have is yourself. So take that message how you will and use it to this next week and the weeks beyond. But that's all I got to say. We'll see you next week. It's your boy Aaron Fornicetti. George George, Mr. Funk with Dallas Jones. And we are out of here. Peace. Stanley. <laughs> <laughs>